Good morning. Today is Tuesday, the 1st of September. A day traditionally thought of as as the first day of fall, at least in the mind of, of school children everywhere who start putting colored cutouts of leaves on bulletin boards and that sort of thing. Fall feels different this year for so many reasons. And it's hard, at least for me, to enter another month um, of pandemic, of things looking so different. But I believe that there is cause for us to take heart, that, that God is present even here. And this morning prayer is one of the ways that we connect with God and with each other. And so I am very grateful for our time together, my friends. Our readings this morning are Psalms 26 and 28, Job 12, verse 1, 13, verses 3 through 17, and 21 through 27. Acts 12, 1 through 17, and the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 33 through 47. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. 
In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture, and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Psalm 26 Vindicate me, O God, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in God without wavering. Prove me, O God, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in faithfulness to you. I do not sit with the worthless, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O God, singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wondrous deeds. O God, I love the house in which you dwell and the place where your glory abides. Do not sweep me away with sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty, those in whose hands are evil devices, and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me, and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great congregation I will bless God. Psalm 28 to you, O God, I call. My rock, do not refuse to hear me. For if you are silent to me, I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplication as I cry to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who are workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while mischief is in their hearts. Repay them according to their work, and according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of God, or the work of God's hands, God will break them down and build them up no more. Blessed be God, for God has heard the sound of my pleadings. God is my strength and my shield. In God my heart trusts, so I am helped and my heart exalts. And with my song I give thanks to God. God is the strength of God's people. God is the saving refuge of God's anointed. O oh, save your people, and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd, and carry them forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Job, chapter 12, verse 1, chapter 13, verses 3 through 17, and 21 through 27. Then Job answered, But I would speak to the Almighty, and I desire to argue my case with God. As for you, you whitewash with lies. All of you are worthless physicians. If you would only keep silent, that would be your wisdom. 
Hear now my reasoning and listen to the pleadings of my lips. Will you speak falsely for God and speak deceitfully for God? Will you show partiality toward God? Will you plead the case for God? Will it be well with you when God searches you out? Or can you deceive God as one person deceives another? God will surely rebuke you if in secret you show partiality. Will not God's majesty terrify you and the dread of God fall upon you? Your maxims are proverbs of ashes. Your defenses are defenses of clay. Let me have silence and I will speak and let come on me what may. I will take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hand. See, God will kill me. I have no hope, but I will defend my ways to God's face. This will be my salvation, that the godless shall not come before God. Listen carefully to my words. And let my declaration be in your ears. Withdraw your hand far from me, and do not let dread of you terrify me. Then call, and I will answer, or let me speak, and you reply to me. How many are my iniquities and my sins? Make me know my transgression and my sin. Why do you hide your face and count me as your enemy? Will you frighten a wind-blown leaf and pursue dry chaff? For you write bitter things against me, and make me reap the iniquities of my youth. You put my feet in the stocks and watch all my paths. You set a bound to the soles of my feet. One wastes away like a rotten thing, like a garment that is moth-eaten. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle B, A Song of Pilgrimage Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to her way. From the beginning I gained courage from her. Therefore, I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being, I have been stirred to seek her. Therefore, have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language. And with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 17. About that time, King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with the sword. After he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of the unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. The very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers, 
while guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison. Suddenly an angel of God appeared and a light shone in the cell. The angel tapped Peter on the side and said to Peter, Get up quickly! And the chains fell off his wrists. The angel said to Peter, Fasten your belt and put on your sandals. Peter did so. Then he said to him, Then the angel said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter went out and followed the angel. Peter did not realize that what was happening with the angel's help was real. He thought he was seeing a vision. After they passed the first and the second guard, they came before the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went outside and walked along a lane, when suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I am sure that God has sent God's angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. As soon as Peter realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. When he knocked at the outer gate, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognizing Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that, instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind, but she insisted that it was so. They said, It is Peter's angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the gate, they saw him and were amazed. He motioned to them with his hand to be silent and described for them how God had brought him out of the prison. And he added, Tell this to James and to the believers. Then he left and went to another place. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle M, A Song of Faith Blessed be the God and Creator of our Savior Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead and gave Jesus glory so that we might have faith and hope in God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. John chapter 8, verses 33 through 47. The Jews who had believed in Jesus answered Jesus, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you look for an opportunity to kill me, because there is no place in you for my word. I declare what I have seen in the Father's presence. 
As for you, you should do what you have heard from the father. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing what Abraham did. But now you are trying to kill me. A man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are indeed doing what your father does. They said to him, We are not illegitimate children. We have one father, God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God, and now I am here. I did not come on my own, but God sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot accept my word. You are from your father, the devil, and you choose to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is from God hears the words of God. The reason you do not hear them is that you are not from God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Okay, we're going to keep going with the format that we used last time. And I'm going to share some thoughts on the readings now. So Psalm 26 is one that that really bugged Jack when we read it on Sunday. But I think it's not that we shun those that are considered quote unquote bad, those people. But I think it is more, I will not tolerate injustice. I will not sit down at the table and act like everything is fine. I think that's the point. And that's very, um, I think that's the message of the moment, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And then we have Job. I have to admit, I don't like reading Job. Kind of creeps me out. I even have a little superstition about it. Somebody said something to me once about like, beware when you study Job because you'll be like, and no, nobody wants to be like Job, right? Nobody wants to be like Job. Um, and his buddies are really kicking him while he's down. They're trying to find some reason that he deserves what's happening to him. They're justifying his mistreatment. And let me tell you, friends, whites have been doing this, are still doing this. It needs to stop. We need to stop sitting down back to the psalm with injustice. We need to stop making it okay. We need to stop normalizing it. Just the other day, I was out for a walk and I passed a young white man walking, talking on his phone. I mean, this guy looked like he was in a J. Crude commercial, which I know is super judgy of me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he's talking to somebody on the phone, you know, really loudly as he's walking down the street. And um, I'm not sure which of the far too many murdered black Americans that he is talking about. But what he's saying is, well, the news, you know, only says white guy murdered, um, black guy murdered by white cops. It doesn't talk about what he was doing or, you know, and again, 
justifying, we need to stop justifying violence and abuse. Stop finding reasons to make it okay. We need to just look at it and say, it's not okay. And then get to work on healing, healing the system, healing the victims, healing the perpetrators. I'm done, friends. I'm frustrated and fed up and I am done sitting down with injustice. I'm done acting like it's okay. I am done normalizing so that we can keep the status quo and keep the enfranchised in power and keep abusing the disenfranchised. I'm done with it. I know it's really, really scary to think about something new. I, I thought about this the other day because um, a friend of mine at my new church here, or a new friend at my new church, um, reached out to me and said, hey, I was in small group, you know, coffee hour with you the other day, and I would love to introduce you to some... Um, some mentors that I know, some people who have, have led careers like the one that, that you're on and might be really helpful to you. And I was like, that's awesome. And maybe I'm like extra tuned in because I'm doing the sacred ground study. And I don't know, my eyes are like, they feel like they are wider open than they have been. And I thought to myself, wow, I'm really lucky but by lucky, I think we really mean the fucked up system is benefiting us. I live in an affluent neighborhood. I go to a beautiful historic affluent church and the faces there are mostly white. Not all, but mostly. And this place makes connections for me. We need to do some rest restorative work. We need to give the same leg up. Nay, we need to give an even bigger leg up to make up for all the pushes down that we've given to our black siblings. And so that's the prayer on my heart today. How do I stop sitting down with injustice? How do I start restorative work for those who have been injured and held down by the same system that has at times injured me and held me down because I am a woman and at other times lifted me up because of my whiteness, my middle-classness, my position, you know, like we talked about yesterday. How do I use where I am to heal? This theme continues, the theme about participating in injustice in our reading from Acts where Herod kills Christians because it pleases the Jews. Mm. 
When we are afraid of the masses, when we seek to please the enfranchised, we perpetuate sin and evil. And believe me, friends, I know exactly how hard it is to stand up against the system. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know exactly how hard it is to stand up against the system because I, my life has never been in danger. My career has been in danger. My livelihood has been in danger and where my fear takes me on the downward spiral is that my child's life is then in danger because if I cannot provide for him, the fear is that he would die. And I know that that is a long leap, but I think that that's how the fear keeps us prisoner. It takes our imaginations on these long, dark leaps. So Herod, because power was his idol and because he feared losing his power, did terrible, terrible things. And I don't think that we can let ourselves off by saying we haven't killed anybody because, unfortunately, friends, we have. When we contribute to the system in every small act, every looking the other way, every time we accept that leg up and do not offer a leg up to our siblings of other colors or genders or whatever it is we consider other, we are contributing to the same racist system that kills and destroys entire nations of Native Americans, entire groups of Black Americans, keeps down whole communities. kills way too many and yes we are part of that so we need to be part of stopping it we have power we have voice we have to be brave we have to be we've talked about this before we have to be rooted in love so that when the fear comes we can stand strong And I know it's not easy. You know, like I said, I have never truly had my life on the line. But none of us, friends, none of us in Christ have ever truly had our souls on the line. Our souls have been safe with God. They are safe with God. And I think that the cause is just, I think it's worth it. I think 
ending racism and beginning something new. I think being a co-creator with Christ in this process and dismantling the old sinful process is worth it. In the Gospel of John, we're told that we become slaves to the sin. That's exactly what I've been talking about, friends. As always, the Gospel says it much more eloquently than I could. Our fear has enslaved us to this broken, sinful, murderous system. And it hurts the enfranchised as much as it hurts the disenfranchised. It hurts all of us. And beyond the gruesome and apparent results of this sinful system, my heart also breaks for everything that we're missing out on. For all the contributions that our siblings of color could have made to our culture, our communities, our science, our art. We could have made something beautiful together. And instead, we pushed them away and we made something very ugly on our own. I know it's scary. Believe me, I know. But when we refocus our, our source to God... And by source, I mean the place from where we draw what we need. So instead of idolizing money and thinking that it brings us safety or happiness, idolizing power and thinking it brings us security and opportunity, wherever it is, we have put our focus and said in our hearts, if I just have this, then when we refocus that to God fear is transformed to love that is what God does for us we simply and I know it's not simple in practice but hopefully it's at least simple in theory we focus on God we just look on God we just look to God that's all we do That's what repentance means. It means turning. We turn away from the sin. We turn away from the idol and we just look at God. We just turn our faces to God. And fear is transformed to love. And we begin then to act on behalf of one another from a source of love instead of against each other. 
And I think that this is where the gospel is going, at least for us today. You know, I, I left the male words in there because it, it was, it became confusing and hard to, uh, grasp the point when I changed them. But I don't think the point is that Jesus had a penis. I think the point is inheritance that Jesus is the heir of God. And so the inheritance is love. The context of the time was a patriarchal lineage. Inheritance came through the male line. And so there's male language used to make this point. Let's put that aside and let's look at the point that's being made, not the trappings that are used to frame it. What are we inheriting and from whom? And the point here is that if you're inheriting from anywhere other than God, it is evil. We have to choose our inheritance. Choose whose children we are. And where we root ourselves and source our lives and actions. Uprooting ourselves from the false places that we've been rooted. Those empty, hollow places. Where we draw no sustenance but spiritually wither and die. Still uprooting ourselves is painful. The act of pulling ourselves free. From our idols, whatever they are. From the status quo, from just things as we know them. It is painful and scary, as verse 37b says, because there is no place in you for my word. We've got to make place for the word of Christ, for the word incarnate, for the word made flesh. That is love. And in order to do that, we're going to have to loose what we've been holding on to. We've gonna ha- we're going to have to tear ourselves away from what we've known. But I believe God. God says that God has something better for us. Now, I need some help knowing what this looks like in practice for me personally. Maybe you do too. So let's pray that together this morning. God, our creator, 
Jesus incarnate, Holy Spirit, show us our way. Show us our peace and guide us where to put it. Let us be brave co-creators in this process with you. Guide us. Give us wisdom and strength to do what needs to be done. To take action. Our own particular action. You have brought us to this place in this time. As we are in this moment. We wish to follow you, dear God. We wish to tear down and burn all that is sinful. To sweep away the remnants and build something new. We wish to be healed and to heal. Our country, our culture, our communities, our friends and families and enemies and those we do not know but are connected to because we live here together in this time and this place. Please, God, show us the way. And give us the strength. Amen. You know what, folks, I am running way behind, so I'm going to close morning prayer here, and I'm sorry for skipping the rest. Please, Holy Spirit, step in and fill all that I have left out and make what I have given enough. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you and you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name you will be in the midst of them fulfill now O God our desires and petitions as may be best for us granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting Amen